Growing up, I really, really wanted to be able to play the piano. My mom taught piano lessons out of our house, so like the soundtrack to my childhood were like kids plinking and plunking, like clink, clank, you know, hot cross buns or Jesus loves me. Those are two different songs. They're not the same songs, not some hip version of hot cross buns or anything like that. I really, really wanted to be able to play though. I mean, so much so that when I was in college, I actually took piano lessons for college credit. You know, somebody who's professionally play, you know, paid to teach piano in, in college taught me how to play the piano. But here's the thing. I stink. Like, I'm bad. I'm epically bad. Like, embarrassingly bad at the piano. Here's how I know this. Because this person, incredibly sweet lady, reached over during one lesson. I'm doing my best. You know, I had spent hours in a practice room in the back of like a stinky room in, on campus, you know, where the, where's the piano. This lady in the middle of this lesson reached over to me, put her hand on my hand and said, oh, honey. She pulled out an oh, honey on me. You know, it made me so mad, not because she, I mean, she was right, but it made me so mad. And I was like, all right, okay, here what, I'm going to triple down. I'm going to practice every waking moment from now until that next lesson. I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to show her. I'm going to know how to do it. And she's going to go, well done. Like you got a lot better. And so that's what I tried to do. I practiced, I mean, 40, 50, 60 hours or something ridiculous that week. I, I go in there, I sit down and I'm terrible. She don't even say anything. She's just like, okay. I think she gave me a B in that class out of pity. Just was like, okay, just don't do it ever again. Don't say my name, you know, on a stage or anything like that. I won't, Sue, I'm sorry. But here's the thing. I mean, I know that's a silly thing. But I walked out of that lesson, and I, I looked at my hands. I was, I was so, so frustrated. I looked at my hands, and I'm like, what's the matter with you? Like, why can't I do it? I know how to do it in my head. Like, I've practiced, I've tried, and I just can't do it. No matter how much I try, no matter how much effort I put in, I just can't do it. Other than, like, a mean air piano, like, that's all I can do. I don't know how to do it. It's frustrating. Do you have something silly like that in your life that's just incredibly frustrating that you wish you knew how to do, but it's kind of silly, you know, like drunk, dunking a basketball, you know, or, or I wish I could run faster, jump higher, lift more weight, you know, work out better, something like that. Or you wish you could read faster. Or, or you wish you could remember names or trivia about your favorite TV show. Just something silly. It doesn't affect your life very much, but you just wish you could do it. And you've even put in some effort. Or, or are you thinking, did your mind go to the, the weakness that you really don't want anybody to know about? You know, the weakness that you have, that I have, that you go, you know what? This is hard and it's burdensome. And it's not really that fun, and I kind of want to hide it from other people. I don't want anybody to be aware of this thing that I wish I could do, and I yell at, and I could do, and I can't do it. What is that in your life? See, so this is kind of the way that I think about it. We all have things like that. There are these things, there are these weaknesses, but, but the reality is they're kind of hanging around our neck. You struggle with them, maybe you fight at it, maybe you yell at it, and you're like, come on. And no matter what you do, you just can't do it. It's this constant reminder of what you can't do. What's this sign represent for you? Greatest weakness, maybe your kryptonite. You ever heard that term? 
I mean, the thing that you know you can't do, other people tell you that you can't do, you desperately have tried, you desperately try to hide it and make sure nobody else can see it. Maybe it's a short-term thing that came to mind for you, you know, something that's a result of overwork or a lack of sleep or high stress or something like that. Maybe you're physically weak, like you're fighting an illness or something like that. But what's your greatest weakness? And I don't mean the interview question, greatest weakness. That's not what I mean. I don't mean like I really try too hard and I love people too much and I put in too much effort. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. No. I mean, what's it really represent for you? The thing that gnaws at you. Here here are some examples. Do you have a need to be right and your rightness damages relationships? Is that a weakness for you? Do you doubt the job that you've been hired to do? You have these insecurities in your life or in your career or in your family that just pile on to you and you just don't know how to get out from under it. Is that a weakness for you? Are you easily offended? Do you let fear control your thinking? Is, is your weakness thinking that you don't have any weaknesses? Do you struggle having vulnerable relationships and just being authentic and being yourself? Or are you addicted to something, that drug, that substance, that feeling, that person, that situation? Do you struggle with selfishness, self-image, lust, anger, depression, people-pleasing? These are all real weaknesses in our lives, aren't they? I mean, do you believe the worst in people? Do you believe God's not going to show up? See, we all have these weaknesses hanging around our neck. And this weakness, at least for me, sometimes it represents me at my worst. I'm frustrated with it. And at times, I'm controlled by it. And I plead with God. I say, please, God, take the weakness away. Please, God, don't let them see my weakness. Please, God, help help this weakness not weigh me down so much. So what is it? What's that weakness that's hanging around your neck? Now, today we're starting to message series called The Solution for Everything. I have like mixed feelings about the name of this series because the more I've thought about it, the more I've even prayed through it, I go, this is a pretty big promise. I mean, the solution for everything. And you might be going, you don't know what my weakness is. You don't know the shame that I feel. You don't know how big my struggle is. You're not aware of it. Now, I mean, shouldn't I under-promise and over-deliver? Isn't that what we should do so nobody leaves disappointed? Is it really the solution for everything? Now, here's what I believe. This solution, it's what we crave when things aren't going well. It's the exact thing we're hesitant to give because it's so valuable to us. It's bigger than what we can do ourselves. It's bigger than what we can earn. It's bigger than what we deserve. We don't even know we need it at times. But when we have it, when we have this solution, it changes everything. It impacts this weakness that drags us down and burdens us. It changes the trajectory of our stories. This solution isn't a quick fix. No, it's an eternal solution. It's a powerful solution. See, this series that we're in is talking about this amazing thing that we all too often take for granted. It's about this thing called grace. I know. Amazing grace, kind of cheesy, overdone, overcooked, overbaked. I mean, maybe, but the more I think about it, see, the kind of grace that we're talking about it is undeserved favor from God. And we think we can kind of earn a good life. Do you believe that lie? That we can earn it, that we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, that we can do enough good stuff to deserve 
all the good things in life. But the reality of my situation, maybe yours too, is that I'm weak. I have weakness hanging around my neck. It burdens me. It tears me down. It weighs me down. But take heart, see, because of grace. We don't have to worry because of grace. See, grace, this undeserved favor that we can't muster up ourselves, provides all of these things for us. It provides hope. It provides joy. It provides peace. It provides love in the perfect, most undescribable way. And if that's all true, that sounds pretty good. Maybe you might say amazing. Now, we're going to talk today about a guy who talked about weakness. It's a guy named Paul. Now, Paul is one of my very favorite people in the Bible. I mean, besides Jesus. Oh, I saw how you're looking at me. I mean, so Paul is writing this letter to a church in a place called Corinth. And Paul's really writing this letter to say, look, this is my goal in ministry. My goal is to follow God no matter what, is to honor God with what I do. And he talks about weakness head on. He just goes right into it. And he acts like it's a positive thing. He says, look, 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 I need grace. I'm weak. That's what Paul is saying. I'm weak. I have weakness hanging around our neck. How does he describe it? Well, this is 2 Corinthians 12. Check this out. So this is Paul talking. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. I mean, what do you think a messenger from Satan looks like? Is that where, like, like the, the devil on the shoulder, like, Paul, you're the worst. I mean, is that what it is? I mean, is it like a 1920s, you know, like, bike messenger that's like, ding, ding, speedy delivery for Apostle Paul. Here's your thorn. Is it like that? No, is the answer. It's not like either of those. But it's not a literal thorn in his flesh either. It's really just talking about weakness. This thing that's in him, that's nagging at him, that, that hurts. This thing that's hanging around his neck. And the point here is that he's burdened by it. So much so that this is what he did about it. This is what he did. Check this out. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. He's going, please, God, please. This weakness hanging around my neck. Please, God, take this thorn out of my flesh. It's too much. It, it hurts too much. It's too heavy to carry. I mean, Paul's kind of a big deal part of the Bible, right? He writes a lot of the second half of the Bible, the New Testament. He's a great example for perseverance and love and hope and joy and all these things. If there's anybody who Jesus would answer his prayer, it's probably Paul. But what did he do? Well, he answered his prayer and he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. See, my grace is all you need. Grace is all we need because that's actually what we need. Not what we think we need, but that's actually what we need more than anything else in our lives. You know, last week we were talking on Easter about how grace saves us. Not anything we can do. See, we all have these weaknesses. We all have these sins, these things weighing us down. And we can't do enough good stuff to kind of earn a right relationship with God because God's standard is holiness. It's, it's perfection. And we can't do that, but Jesus can, and Jesus did. And he stood in our place to be judged on our behalf. And Paul is saying, look, 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 look. That's all we need. We need Jesus. That's the perfect example of grace. We think we need all this other stuff. How do you live? I don't live like grace is all I need. I don't. Here are things that I was kind of thinking about that I actually act like I need. Because we need, we need grace first, but we think we need other things. You know, we don't need more money. We don't need a better job. We don't need to be right. 
We don't need to feel better. We don't need to be safe. Those are all things that we go, those are all good things, right? We don't need to figure it out all on our own. God's grace, that's first. God's grace is all I need. The grace supplies what I need. It supplies this right relationship through Jesus. But we get mixed up. I get mixed up. I forget or I slide back into bad habits and I think I know better. And I think, no, 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 no. I can do it on my own. I can figure it out on my own. I can do it in my own effort. Here's an example. So the other day, my wife, Abby, and I were working in our yard. Because spring has sprung and there's just stuff to do, right? Picking up sticks and mowing and doing stuff like that. And our kids were helping. Have you ever been in that situation? Like, their helping is digging holes, hitting each other with sticks, you know, undoing the things that we have already done, you know, that type of thing. But we ended up, you know, working really hard. It was a good day of work. We ended up, we're kind of on our, our back deck. And one of my kids put their, put their hands on their hips. They looked out over, you know, us making a dent. Looked a little bit better. Looked out and said, whew, I'm exhausted. But then they followed it up because I'm like, okay, whatever. And they're like, look at all the work that I did today. That I did today. I know what work they did. You ever say anything like that? Look at what I did today. Look at the power that, that I have. Look at how I provided for this. Or look at my skill, or look at my strength, or look at my effort. See, the reality is, though, see, we can't provide all of our needs. Remember, we have this weakness hanging around our net. I can't, I'm not even powerful enough to take that away. Neither is Paul. We fall short. We mess up. And the reality for me in my life is if I didn't have weakness hanging around my neck, would I really need God? But with this weakness hanging around my neck, it reminds me. It reminds me that I'm not enough. I can't do it on my own. So Paul, he has this weakness, and he's praying. And Jesus answers, look, my grace is all you need. And the way Paul responds just blows me away. It just, it really, it really convicts me. This is what he says. This is what he says. So now, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, he boasts about it. He straight up brags about it. I try to hide my weakness. What about you? But he's going, nope, here it is. Here it is. Everybody can see it because God is so great. His power is so mighty. His love is so vast that I'm going to brag about what I can't do. Why? Well, that means I'm not controlled by it. I'm not weighed down by it in the same way. It's still there. But in my weakness, Paul is saying, no, 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 look. That's when I'm strong. God's power shows up in my weakness. Do you boast about your weaknesses? About where you fall short? About what's hanging around your neck? But that's where God shows up. What would it look like for us to brag about where we fall short? Well, here are a couple of ways. Here are a couple of ways that we can boast about our weaknesses. Here's the first one. Thank God. So God, God allowed Paul's situation to get pretty bad. Like he feared for his life. Paul did. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was in jail a lot just because he followed Jesus. 
Why would he do that? Why would God allow it to get that bad? I think it's because our weakness pushes us to rely on God. Now, you might have heard me mention before, but I actively struggle with anxiety. It's just a big part of my life. It ebbs and flows, but when it comes in, it's coming in hot. It's a big part of me. It's one of my, if not the biggest weakness in my life. It's truly something I would consider a thorn in my flesh. It nags at me. It gnaws at me. It reminds me of what I can't do. It reminds me of worst case scenarios, and I can get creative, y'all. It reminds me of all the wrong stuff in the world and in my life. It is weakness that weighs me down and is hanging around my neck. And listen, I am convicted when I read this that I should do my best to thank God for my anxiety. That feels so counterintuitive to me. Does it to you? It feels like, well, I don't want to do that, but hear me. There is nothing in my life that pushes me to rely on God more than anxiety. Not one thing. I've thought about it. There are other things that push me to rely on God, but there's not one thing that pushes me to rely on him more than anxiety. And in the middle of the thing that I like the least about myself, God shows up. And God says, no, 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 no. How do you get it wrong? I'm here. I'm God. You're not. I'm strong. You don't have to be. It's my power, my grace, my hope, not yours. So how can I boast in that? By saying, God, thank you. Thank you for my anxiety because nothing pushes me to rely on you more. Thanking God for the weakness hanging around our necks, it changes our perspective about the weakness. See, he wants us to remember and be reminded, look, he is our hope. Grace is all we need, not the things that I think, not being without anxiety. That's been my prayer too, just like Paul. And he's going, no, 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 you get it wrong. Thank me for it. It's challenging to me. So that's one thing we can do to boast is just by thanking God. Here's another way. Here's another thing we can do. Tell others. So this is kind of the brag, but it doesn't sound like we think it does. It doesn't say, look at what I can do. It sounds like, look what I can't do, but God can do. See, telling other people fights these illusions in our mind that we have to have it all figured out. We don't. I'm not perfect, but I will be real. I will be honest. I'm not perfect because Jesus is On my behalf, this is amazing reminder. And we tell other people. That's one of the reasons that we have groups here at the Ridge, so we can share our real lives with real people, not the fake ones, not the Instagram ones. See, telling other people about our weaknesses actually encourages them to rely on God. It reminds us that we aren't perfect and that we don't have to pretend It reminds us that grace is all we need anyway. Telling other people encourages us and it honors God and it puts him in his rightful place and reminds us this is all about him anyway. So you can thank God, you can tell others. Here's the last one. Here's the last way we can boast. You can trust in Christ's power. See, this weakness hanging around our neck isn't just a reminder of what we can't do. Remember, it's also a reminder of what God can do. And Paul isn't boasting and God can take away my weakness, although he can do that. That's not what Paul's boasting about. Check this out. This is what he says. This is what he says. 
That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. And in what? In the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, he takes pleasure in the weakness because that's where God shows up. And he says, no, 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 I'm going to break this down. Weakness reveals God's power. How? He lists examples. He says, insults. You don't know what you're doing. You're stupid. You're foolish. You're a failure. You're an addict. And he goes, no, no, no. Right in the middle of the insult, God's power shows up. Hardships, circumstances beyond our control, relationships we cannot mend, we don't know what to do, environments we can't influence. He goes, no, 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 no. That's where I show up. That's where my power is. Persecutions, and I know that that's kind of a churchy word, but really it means significant hurt, wounds and abuses and pain, hate, exploitation from people, real deal weaknesses. He's going, no, 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 you don't understand. That's where I show up. My power works best in weakness. Troubles, you know, this thought of this weakness hanging on our neck and weighing us down, these circumstances beyond our control and stress and tension and worry and grief. And Paul is saying, no, no, no. Sometimes God allows it. He allows the insult. He allows the hardship. He allows the persecution. He allows the trouble. Why in the world would he let us get backed into a corner like that? So that he's the only way we can get out. His power, not ours. His plan, not ours. His effort, not ours. So what's the weakness hanging around your neck? It's not a weakness to God. The weakness hanging around your neck is a strength to God. Not because it's easy, but because he has that much power. It's in our weakness. That's where he shows up. And we say, no, get rid of the weakness. And see, he says, no, in the weakness. Not out of it, in it. This is life-changing power. This is eternal power. This is conquering of death power that he's talking about. See, the deepest need that we have isn't the removal of the weakness. It's grace. It's God's undeserved favor and love. God's grace is all I need. His power works best in weakness. So what weakness is hanging around your neck? Is it a marriage that seems to be over? An insecurity that seems to be overpowering? An addiction that seems to be devastating? A past sin that just seems like too much even for God to handle? A relationship, a child that has wandered away? I mean, what is it? See, the reality is His power works best in weakness. God's grace is all we need. Because of His grace, that weakness we can't control, we're reminded that God can and God will. His power works best in weakness. See, God's grace flips everything upside down. It flips insults into praise. It flips hardship into comfort and hope. It flips persecution into joy and peace. It flips trouble into triumph. It flips our weakness into power. Why? Well, God's grace is all I need. And friends, His power works best in your weakness. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I am, I'm thankful that Your grace is all we need. I know that that's not what I always think. 
But I'm so thankful that you love us so well, so fully, so perfectly, that you provide not what we want, but what we need. And I even thank you, I even thank you for that weakness hanging around our neck because that weakness reminds us of you. It reminds us of your power. It reminds us of your glory. It reminds us of who you are and who we are and that through Jesus we have access to the creator of the universe, that your power is mighty, and that in the middle of where I fall short, in the middle of my weakness, you show up, and that's where your power works best. Thank you. Thank you for that reminder, that perspective today, and help us live this out. Help us boast about it so that other people can see us in a way that we go, I don't understand that, but I I want that grace. Why wouldn't we want that to be true? Help us live that out. And thank you for the power that comes from Jesus, that power that conquers death, and it's in his name that we pray today. Amen.